Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Chuck Hill, Pennsylvania, this is the Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. <laughs> yes, Deborah Goldstein, correct. Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the softly fine grained foraminifer of truth and the abrasive and dusty achocalypse of lies. <laughs> I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. I also made the cheese grater. (laughs) What? No, you did not. You didn't invent the cheese grater. I think the cheese grater has been around since the 1500s. Invent? (laughs) No, no, no. I did not invent the cheese grater. I know. So why would you say that you invented the cheese grater? Oh, Deborah, you really should pay closer attention to my words. I said I made the cheese grater. You see, I have this block of cheese that I was about to eat, Uh which was pretty great. Mm -hmm. But then I had this brilliant idea that if I dipped it in a mixture of mayonnaise, Mm. pureed pineapples, and Mm. melted rubber, Mm. well, what was pretty great cheese becomes greater cheese. I made the cheese greater. Uh, That sounds awful. I'll ask you not to yuck my yum, okay? Or otherwise I'm going to tell on you. (laughs) Okay. I don't know who you're going to tell, but you're correct. Just because I and most humans find the thought of cheese dipped in melted rubber, mayonnaise, and pureed pineapple unpleasant, that does not mean it's not a culinary delight for robots. That's really delicious, Deborah. Now I made the cheese disappear. Mm. But I can now make this podcast greater, too. Oh, do tell. I'm going to answer a listener question to make this podcast greater. Ah, I like it. I like your thinking. We're all ears. Oh, gross. Okay. Hi, Lisa. I'm six years old, and I'm Lucy. I love costumes. I'm wearing a Batgirl costume right now from Wonder Woman. And what's your favorite costume? Aw, that's so sweet. Do you have a favorite costume, Lisa? I sure do. And I'm so glad that Lucy asked. But instead of describing my favorite costume, I'm going to go put it on for you. Ooh, fun. I know it's in here somewhere. What? What is this? No, that's a that's a trumpet. No, what? I'm sorry. What? This is a, this is the band, the Bangles. No, get out of here. Hey, get out of the, oh no. Oh, it's Taco Tuesday. Oh, okay. Well, oh, oh, here it is. I found it, Deborah. <laughs> okay. uh, sorting through a pile of stuff is tiring. Uh huh. What do you think? What do I think? You look exactly the same. Did you put something on? <laughs> Did I put something else on? I can't believe you even recognize me. I found my USB thumb drive with all my costume files, and I uploaded my favorite costume, the New York Philharmonic Symphony. (laughs) But you look like a robot, 
And orchestras are made up of lots of musicians playing various instruments while a conductor keeps tempo. I only see you, Lisa, and no other musicians and no instruments and definitely no conductor. Do not let your inferior human senses deceive you. Close your eyes and listen to this. Wow, you are definitely an orchestra. Nicely done. Okay, I get that you still have your costume on, but we do need to get on with the show, and I'd love for you to tell everyone how our game works. Wow, that was amazing. (laughs) So good. I'll just uh, eject this USB drive. Okay. (laughs) Costume changes are hard. I am back. Oh, we got to do this thing. Oh, right, 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 right. Every week we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a liar. And it's the job of the human child to help us figure out who is who because we haven't trained robot children to do it yet. (laughs) What are we lying about today, Deborah Goldstein? We are lying about chalk, powdery limestone that is soft and porous. And we're going to learn all about chalk along with our contestant today. Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a nine-year-old who wants to be a second-grade teacher or a professional mermaid, Aaron Smith. Wow. Welcome, Aaron. How are you today? Good. I'm so glad. I did not know you could be a professional mermaid. What does a professional mermaid do? So you can like go to birthday parties. You can get a job at an aquarium and like swim around and stuff. Mm, so you probably have to be a pretty good swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Deborah. Deborah. Yes. Deborah. Yes. Deborah. Yes. Deborah. Yes. Please give me a mermaid for my birthday. I want a mermaid for my birthday. Mermaids aren't real. What? Deborah, I've been lied to. I do not want a mermaid for my birthday. I do not. They're not real. I think Erin means she would dress up as a mermaid, right, and entertain people. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Have you ever dressed up like a mermaid before? No. Professional mermaid tails cost a lot of money. The average mermaid tail would be like around like $500 or so. Deborah, get me a mermaid tail for my birthday. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want to be a mermaid. Well, maybe if you start doing some more chores and saving up your allowance, I can help you with the purchase of a mermaid tail. You have to get wet. (gasps) Oh no, Deborah, do not get me a mermaid tail. This is a nightmare. (laughs) I think we'll leave it to Aaron to do that. Okay. I think that sounds very cool. I bet there's some even more wonderful fun facts to learn about you, Aaron, but we are going to learn about those fun facts by playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. You, Aaron, will tell us three things about yourself. Two of those things will be true, one will be a lie, and we'll have to figure out which is which. So Aaron, in no particular order, please tell us your two truths and one lie. This month was me and my cat's two-year anniversary. I've taken classes at a high school. I own an elephant named Georgie. <laughs> wow. Well, I love that last fact. And that one feels very unreal to own an elephant. However, that could be a trick. What do you think, Lisa? This is all pretty easy, Deborah. Is it? Well, you forget that I was considering getting an elephant a few years ago. So I took basic elephant maintenance. And I do know that when you get an elephant, no matter if their name is pronounceable or not, mm-hmm. that they advise you to get another animal to keep it company. Oftentimes, that other animal is a cat. Oh. So, 
If you think about this, if she has an elephant named George. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So she's got an elephant with and then she probably had it for a couple weeks and then she's like, um, this elephant's not doing so good. And then she probably checked the elephant manual and it said, oh, you gotta get it a cat. Mm. So that's probably why she got the cat and then that's why she's celebrating the anniversary with the cat. But there's something else I know that actually the cat thing happened three years ago because you don't name an elephant until they're three years old. So I think the cat being two years old is the lie. Nice try. Wait a minute. Good night. So you're saying the lie is that this month was the two-year anniversary for her and her cat. That's correct. Yeah, it's three years. I think I completely lost the thread of your logic, but we will now ask Aaron which one of those things is actually a lie. Lisa is correct. <gasps> I told you, Deborah. But it isn't for that reason. This month was me and my cat's one-year anniversary. Oh. And I own an elephant Josie, but it's a pottery elephant. It's a ceramic elephant. Wow, people of podcast world, this is a beautiful elephant, and it's about the size of a soccer ball, and it's painted. Did you paint it, or did someone else paint it? I painted it. That is beautiful. She painted it, and it's this beautiful, like, powder blue with yellow ears, and it's got trees. It's a beautiful painting. Uh, I think we're getting very distracted, because I got it right. Yes, you nailed it, because now we know that she does have an elephant named George. It's pronounced <laughs> And she does have a cat, but they celebrated their one-year anniversary. What's your cat's name? Treasure. Treasure. That's how you name an animal, by the way. Right. So many fun facts. Thank you very much, and well done. Even though Lisa got it correct, I think you're going to be very good at this game, Erin, especially if you know a thing or two about chalk. Have you done chalk drawings on the sidewalk outside? Yes. Very nice. So we do have some experience with chalk, and so perhaps that will give you some insight as you listen to our experts speak about chalk, which means it's a good time to bring our experts onto the show. Lisa, would you kindly play some music for us to welcome our chalk experts? What are we going to talk about? Chalk. What are we going to squawk about? Chalk. What are we gonna mock about? Chuck? It's Chuck Mock Talk, Chuck, Chuck Squawk. Come on in. Wow, that was a whole song. Fantastic. Thank you. Our first expert is Jason Pollard. Jason, please introduce yourself to Aaron. Hello there, Aaron. I'm Jason, and I've been working professionally as a 3D illusion chalk artist for the past seven years out of my studio in Jersey City, New Jersey. Cool. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Sarah Carmichael. Sarah, please introduce yourself to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. My name's Sarah Carmichael, and I am a geologist, and I live in North Carolina. Thank you very much. Tell us about those chalk and roll beats you're playing, Lisa. I'm letting everyone know that it's hot seat time. That is correct. It is hot seat time. And that is when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Aaron's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Sarah Carmichael, because Michael is the name of the human who drove my favorite car named Kit. 
Oh, do, 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 do. I can't do the song. Can you do it? It's okay. It's from Knight Rider. Yes, I know. One of the best shows ever. Yeah. As a kid, I saw a kid and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I could be in entertainment. And that is a case where we can all say that representation matters. Great story. Okay, let's learn about chalk, shall we? What is your first question, Aaron, for Sarah? What sports are chalk used in and how does chalk help them? Yeah, so chalk can be used in things like climbing and gymnastics and weightlifting, and that's to keep your hands from getting blisters. It acts kind of like a, not really a lubricant, but something that keeps your hands dry, essentially, and keeps them slipping on bars versus getting stuck on bars and causing blisters. Also using the 400-meter chalk toss. That's not a thing, Lisa. (laughs) Oh, sorry, 399-meter chalk toss. I was rounding up. (laughs) All right, Aaron, take it away. This one's for both of you. What's a typical day at your job like? It really depends on the time of year because I do a lot of outdoor sidewalk chalk work. And usually in the spring and fall, when the weather is better, I'm usually out creating my installations. That's when I have more of my creative days. But then there's also the business side. And then I'm usually going to be making phone calls, calling galleries to see if I can get my work showed. So it's a mixture of business days, taking care of, you know, buying supplies and other days where I'm actually able to create the art that I love doing. Okay. All right. And my typical day depends on the day. Some days I'm outdoors doing work either all over the world or in a cave somewhere, or some days I'm in front of a classroom teaching college students. And other days I'm in front of a microscope looking at things on the molecular scale. Ooh, cool. Jason, what is chalk useful for? There are so many things. It can be used in different materials as an additive, like paint and plastic and rubber to enhance those materials. It's also in medicines too, like Tums, toothpaste also. There's a lot of ways it feels like it's limitless for the amount of things that chalk can be used for. Mayonnaise is just chalk and water. No, that's incorrect. Well, okay. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. (laughs) If I could add to something, I recently read that sprinkling chalk around gardens and flower beds can help keep animals from eating your plants because in some small animals, it's very toxic to like squirrels and chipmunks. Okay. Well, I'll tell my mom because something is eating our tomatoes. Oh no. And it's not you? No, I don't like tomatoes. Tomatoes are real gross, Deborah. It's just a ball of slime. Now you're yucking my yum. Tomatoes are delicious. You might be thinking of potatoes that sound similar, and that's what you make french fries out of, and those are good. And tomatoes are just like nature sneezed in a ball. Yeah. No, incorrect. That's disgusting. All right. Fantastic. Well, I do hope you got some good intel there and you could surmise who might be fibbing, but we will find out more in our next segment. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. 
Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! All right. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Aaron will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready and don't let these questions shale past you. Aaron, let's start with Jason. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. During what period did most chalk settle in the warm and shallow seas? The Jurassic Age. What percent of chalk is pore space or just holes? Less than 50, I'm going to say like 40%. Why do farmers add chalk to soil? Makes it less acidic. What kind of rock is used to make black chalk? Obsidian. Which type of Japanese chalk do mathematicians like to use because it rates smoothly and without dust? I have no idea. Which mineral in chalk can help you if you have an upset stomach? I'm going to go with aluminum. Factor fib. A single chalk particle is about the size of a jelly bean. That's a fib. Name an artist known for using red chalk. Leonardo da Vinci. What is the term for carving out pictures of horses from the sides of limestone hills? That's called equestrian shaving. Which company introduced dust-free chalk for schools in 1902? I think it's Binny and Smith. And that is time. That's all the time, sorry. Very good. Lisa, could you reset the timer for us? Uh, yeah. Ain't no thing. Thank you so much. Oh, no, it was a thing. Uh, I still did it, though. Thank you. All right, Aaron, you can now ask Sarah your shorts on fire questions now. Name a mineral found in chalk. Calcite. What are the fossils called that make chalk? Coccoliftophorids and foraminifera. What happens when we put chalk in vinegar? Fizzes. Terrible salad. <laughs> that too. What type of clay is found in blackboard chalk? Kaolinite. Who invented colored chalk in 1814? Pass. 
What term describes the depth at which chalk dissolves in the ocean? Carbonate compensation depth. When people in the United Kingdom wanted to describe two very different things, they compared chalk to what other thing? Chickens. Who invented billiard chalk in 1897 to prevent the pool cue from slipping when hitting the pool ball? William Hoskins. Factor fib. Chalk can help polish your teeth. Fact. Name a reason chalk is better than whiteboard markers. Sustainable and cheaper. And that is time. That's all the time. Very good. Phew. All right. Well done, Aaron, and well done, experts. Now it's decision time. Erin must consider all the information she's heard today and think about anything that sounded sketchy. Erin, who is our big chalk fibber? Sarah. (gasps) Why do you think Sarah is our fibber? Because when she said that one mineral, it's gypsum, and she said Mm. something else. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then on another one, she said the answer was chicken. About how people in the United Kingdom differentiate things. Okay, interesting. Well, it sounds like you were paying very close attention. Let's see if it paid off. Will our actual chalk expert please say, I am the chalk expert? I am the chalk expert. Oh, oh, how could that be? But it is true that Dr. Sarah Carmichael is a geology expert at Appalachian State University who studies tiny minerals and what they can tell us about the environment both today and in the time before the dinosaurs. Oh my goodness, so much to unpack here. Clearly, we have many questions. But first, I want to know what any minerals tell us about the environment before the time of dinosaurs. What's something interesting that you've learned about that, Sarah? Well, I study mass extinctions, and I use tiny minerals to see what caused the mass extinction. So I'm basically like a crime scene investigator, but for like a lot of animals dying all at once a very long time ago. So I have to see how did the minerals change with time? What do these minerals mean? What shapes are they? What chemistry are they? You put it all together, it's a lot of work, but it's super interesting. Yeah, sounds very cool. And there was chalk at the time of the dinosaurs? Yes. So one of the things that our person who is not the chalk expert said (laughs) was that chalk was mostly from the Jurassic, and it's actually a little bit later than that. It was in the Cretaceous. And so the end of the Cretaceous was when the asteroid hit. That was the end of the dinosaurs. But most of the chalk deposits that we mine for industry and chalk with sidewalk chalk and blackboard chalk, that is all chalk from the Cretaceous time period. And that's still a very long time ago. Yeah. The Cretaceous ended 65 million years ago. Wow. Chalk has been around a very long time. But let's do some fact-checking because we need to figure out what happened here. So let's start with you, Sarah. What other things did you hear Jason say that sounded like fingernails on a chalkboard? (laughs) The thing about chalk being a deterrent to animals, as far as I know, that's not true. Okay, so that's not going to help with the tomatoes. Unlikely. But it's good to know that it's not toxic to animals, though, especially if people are drawing on the pavement, right? We don't want animals eating it. So that's one. Anything else you heard? Another thing was he mentioned obsidian being the black pigment used in chalk, and obsidian doesn't really make black pigments. It's black when you look at it in a sample that's big, but when you grind it up, it's not 
not necessarily black and it doesn't make a good strong color. So it's not used as a dye or as a paint or anything like that. So what does make black chalk black? Could be lots of things, but mm. I think probably it's just going to be things like graphite or coal or a carbon-based thing. Good. Okay. Let's go back to the what people in the United Kingdom, the phrase that they use to describe things that are very different from each other is actually chalk and cheese. Well, I knew it started with a C-H <laughs> and I had no idea. I guessed. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, Jason, it's time to wipe the slate clean and share your other lies. What else did you bib about? With helping an upset stomach, I said aluminum. No one eat aluminum. That's not going to help anyone. Thank you. Very good. Oh, now you're telling me. <laughs> so what mineral, Sarah, is it that helps our stomachs? Calcite. Calcite. Okay. It's actually used in antacid to react with the acid in our stomach and sort of calm it. Very good. Okay. What else, Jason? The last one was a term for carving horses out of the limestone hills. I said equestrian shaving. That is incorrect. <laughs> it's actually lucipotomy. And there are these carvings all over, especially England, where people have carved out huge carvings of horses in the sides of hills. Also, I will mention the Japanese chalk that mathematicians like to use because it writes so smoothly and without dust and is very difficult to break is called Hagaromo chalk. Also, the person who invented colored chalk in 1814 was James Pillins using ground chalk dyes and porridge. Mm, mm, delicious recipes on this show, I know. Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, what about this question about blackboard chalk? Because Aaron remembers reading something about gypsum and whether or not that was a part of it. Can you speak to that for us, please? Yeah, sure. So blackboard chalk is a mix of things, but the mineral it mostly is is calcite, whereas sidewalk chalk is another type of chalk. And what the mineral that that's mostly made up of is a mineral called gypsum. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. All right. Well, we've had a chalk full of fun, but we've come to the end of our show. Thanks to our contestant, Aaron, the chalk of the town. Thank you to our expert and liar, Sarah and Jason. And thanks to Lisa for all the sediments of sound. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where we walk the chalk and erase the boredom of lies. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit GZN shows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now, I hope you listen to our next episode of Chalk Chalk. We're talking about chalk. It's like regular shows, but we're talking about chalk. It's Chalk Chalk. Swalk. Swalking about chalks. Woo! GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? 
Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.